Look out, everybody. The 2023 MLB season is right around the corner, and man, is there a lot to look forward to. Spring training games have started, so there is no better time than now to take a look at where each and every team stands heading into the new season. The juggernaut powerhouses, the rebranded newcomers, the pesky dark horses, and yes, even the rebuilding tanks. Each and every team gets an in-depth preview for their upcoming campaign. So kick back and enjoy another installment of the Straight Outer Left Season Preview Series 2023 edition. Today we're heading out east to Charm City, famous for its crab cakes. Let's go to Baltimore. Now, if I'd made an episode like this last year going into 2022, I would have been a very sad and bleak episode with not much to look forward to and vague promises about future potential. But last year, Baltimore showed that the future could actually be now, which was very fun for ba- for, for the team, for the city, and for baseball as a whole to see. that They exploded onto the scene and had a year that defied, maybe not, wasn't quite a movie type of movie script type of season, but it was still very impressive. And the turnaround, it was pretty much mid season about quarter way through the season. Uh, Baltimore was 14 and 24 kind of hitting a low point on pace to lose well over a hundred games again, as they had been for several of the past few years ex- for excluding of 2020. But then something happened and over the Final three quarters of the season, Baltimore had a record of 69, nice, and 55, which if you pace that out over a full 162-game season, you're looking at a team that's winning about 90 to 95 games, and that's playoff-worthy baseball. It was a little too little too late. Um, they weren't able to keep things uh, going as, as red-hot as they had been and wound up finishing... 83 and 79, which all things considered is a phenomenal year based on how bad this team had been for the past uh, five years or so. You know, people are like they should add the deadline and they didn't, but it wasn't really the end of the world. A lot of young guys, including Adley Rushman, came up and played really well and showed that this rebuild actually has a real chance of working out. Um, So what did they do to uh, improve or change their position heading into 2023. Not a ton, honestly. Their GM had made hints of uh, he was going to he was finally allowed to open up the wallet and bring in guys, and he did, but just not at the usual standards. But compared to the contracts Baltimore's handed out previously, this was significant, but not a lot still. Uh, Michael Gibbons is returning to Baltimore. You may remember him from about 2015 to 2020 or so. He was a standout reliever for the Orioles. Um, Still has a lot of that left in the tank, it seems like. Adam Frazier is coming in to play second base, the former all-star with Pittsburgh. Uh, Kyle Gibson, the former twin Ranger in Philly, is coming to help shore up the rotation. Swervin Irvin was acquired in a trade with with the A's. That's Cole Irvin I'm talking about, of course. Uh, Darwin's in Hernandez comes over as a bullpen arm, maybe from the Red Sox. We've got Franchi Cordero on a minor league deal. Let's see if he could make the team, maybe mash some bombs. And then, uh, James McCann is a backup for, uh, for Adley at the catcher spot. Uh, not too many people left. Of course, uh, there weren't a ton of, a lot of these, a lot of these players are young guys who are still trying to feel out, but, uh, they did let go of an innings eater, Jordan Lyles, uh, Jesus Aguilar, uh, Rugnet Odor, who, despite terrible stats, had a knack for the dramatic flair for the dramatic. And uh, 
longtime Star Wars catcher Robinson Chirinos, who seems to bounce around the league a ton these days. But um, yeah, so definitely not a super exciting offseason. Um, but they brought in some vets to not put all the load on their um, on their young guys. But uh, clearly the message the Orioles are sending here is the window is opening up. We Just because we're ahead of schedule doesn't mean that we're going to throw, throw out the plan that we have in place. So they weren't really expecting 2022 to be this huge step forward. They were expecting an incremental step forward. So they're playing 2023 according to that plan still. So they're not quite ready quite yet, but they're getting there. Looking at this lineup, it's a solid lineup. Uh, you got Cedric Mullins leading off in center field. Adley Rushman, the face of the franchise now, is your catcher. Gunnar Henderson, they're slotting him in as uh, the shortstop and the number three hitter. I mean, it makes sense if you're the number one overall ranked prospect in all of baseball, I guess. And when he looked, he looked really good in his uh, call up last year. He only played in uh, 34 games, but he hit 259 with a 123 OPS plus. Good plate discipline, 348 on base percentage and 16 walks. Looked pretty majorly ready to me. Uh, kind of passed the eye test. I know it doesn't mean much these days, but uh, I hope it means something. Anthony Santander returns to right field. Um, Bang cleanup, Ryan Mountcastle, who can absolutely mash, is uh, your first baseman. Uh, Ramon Urias, uh, gold glove vi- finalist, uh, I believe, last year at third base. And solid offensive production as well. He could give you 15 to 20 bombs and a 250-ish batting average. Kyle Stowers is your DH. He was a had a brief rookie call-up last year. Austin Hayes is your left fielder. And Am Frazier is your uh, second baseman. You've got James McCann as your backup catcher. You've got uh, Taryn Vavra as a utility guy. You've got Jorge Mateo, the speed demon, who could also definitely play short if uh, it's deemed that Hen- Hen- uh, Henderson's not ready for that role yet. Um, but other than that, he will bounce around and play everywhere. And then you got Ryan McKenna as another speed option off the bench and your outfield depth, I guess. Uh, the rotation, you've got Cole Irvin, who had a solid year with the A's last year. People were expecting him to be traded at the deadline, but he wasn't. He was kept around for a little longer. Um, he kind of slots in as that ace. Uh, Kyle Gibson as well, um, although he's always been more of a back-end kind of guy with teams like the Phillies and the Twins. Um, you got Kyle Bradish, uh, Dean Kramer, and then Grayson Rodriguez, who's their top pitching prospect. He's the 17th overall prospect in all of baseball. Um, we'll see if he breaks. They're projecting him to break camp with the team, but we'll see what happens there. Kramer is definitely the Orioles' best starting pitcher last year. Over 21 starts at a 3.23 ERA. Um, really solidly. Doesn't strike a ton of guys out, but just, you know, not giving up hard hit balls and, you know, pitching to his strengths and being effective. Uh, Bradish was decent, um, definitely not great, although some of the underlying numbers say that he's going to continue to improve, and he is only 25. Um, so the Orioles, they have a lot of young starters as well who they could turn to if any of these guys aren't working out. I mean, John Means should be back soon, hopefully, after Tommy John surgery at the beginning of last year. Probably be a mid-year kind of thing. Uh, you know, you could call in D.L. Hall, Bruce Zimmerman, Spencer Watkins, any of those guys had significant time with the team as well it's kind of up in the air there's a lot of question marks about this rotation bullpen definitely their biggest strength i mean top 10 definitely in the MLB last year to compensate that was a big reason why they won so many games felix batista siono perez brian baker michael gibbons joins this mix uh, you got tyler wells and keegan aiken 
I mean, all these guys pitched super well. I mean, there wasn't really a there wasn't really a bad arm in the top half of that bullpen. Dylan Tate is on the injury list right now, but he could come in as well. He's another very solid pitcher. So yeah, plenty of bullpen arms to choose from here. Um, overall, yeah, it's a team that's young and still trying to find itself. Um, I think definitely while it was super fun to watch last year, they definitely overachieved. Um, you know, they, they played with a lot of heart and they won clutch games and took advantage of teams kind of sleeping on them a little bit, but now I don't know if that's going to quite be the same. It could be, I don't know. This magic could continue into 2023 and they could really turn some heads. I'm personally not seeing it quite yet. I think that this core, they need, especially on the pitching side of things, that lineup's starting to form. You've got Rushman, Henderson, Mountcastle, um, Stowers, maybe Mullins. Mullins should be around for a while now with this team. You know, that core is forming nicely. It's just the pitching is a little questionable. Like, none of these guys are surefire. They're going to pan out in the major leagues. Bullpen's fine. Bullpen's actually one of the best units in all baseball, I think. But that rotation is still super questionable. They got they got solid but not great performances last year. And to be a true contender, you need to have some at least a few top arms. So with that, I'm not super I'm way more optimistic than I was about them than I have been about the Orioles for several years now. But I'm not really I'm not seeing them really competing for a playoff spot again this year. I with their division, I mean, the Yankees definitely improved, um, and they're, they were really good to begin with. The Rays are the Rays, and they'll continue to do Rays things and defy all logic and reason and still make the playoffs, it seems like. The Blue Jays improved a lot, too. So that's three really great teams. And then Boston definitely did not have a great offseason. We'll get to them later. But um, I just with the division they're in, I know that they're not going to be playing – those teams as much because now with new schedule formatting, everyone plays everybody at some point. So less games in division, but I don't see them quite keeping up. You know, I'm feeling, I think they, I think they'll be better than the Red Sox, but I'm not seeing a 500 team here. I'm seeing, you know, it could think they could take a step back and, you know, could be looking at another like 60 ish win season. That's worst case scenario. I think more of the middle ground is kind of a 70, 75 wins, maybe something like that. They could push 80. I think they have the potential to, but that's if a lot goes right. And so I think that middle ground is like, yeah, fourth place team kind of still finding itself, still really getting the idea of that core. It's not quite there yet, but it's getting there. They're definitely getting there. And this, um, Team's definitely gonna be watchable. Last year was really it was really awesome to see watchable baseball in Baltimore again to see Camden Yards full of fans again was really great for baseball, I think. And it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a fine year in Baltimore. Notice how I keep saying with all these teams, I'm saying, oh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fine year. It's gonna be a fun year. That's just because it's spring right now and everyone's excited. I'm excited and optimistic just because it's baseball season again. So come August, you know. I might be seeing a different tune about a lot of these teams, but I think, yeah, Baltimore is going to, they're going to not be great, but they're not going to be awful. It's going to be, you know, fun to see how Adley can do in a full season. He did have pretty much a full season last year, but you know, year two, let's see what else he can do. Let's see how guys like Henderson and Stowers can continue to develop Mountcastle too. I mean, yeah, 
that actually I should mention Mountcastle is my player to keep an eye on who's a little more under the radar because everyone's thinking about, oh, we've got uh, Adley and uh, Henderson and Grayson Rodriguez and all the big name prospects. Uh, Mountcastle is a big was a big name prospect. He's a first overall draft pick, but he's been in the league for a few years. And he kind of had a down year by his standards last year. After hitting 33 home runs in 2021, he only hit 22 last year. His OPS was down by 60, almost 70 points, uh, 729, so barely above league average. So what I want to see from Mountcastle, he's my player to keep an eye on. He does, he's top 10 in terms of a lot of hard hit statistics or top 10 or top 20, depending on what you look at. But he can absolutely crush the ball. He just needs to make contact. So I think that, Mountcastle, if he can get things a little bit tweaked and really tap into his potential here, this will kind of be a big year for him, you know, second or third full season. We'll finally see the player that he is. Is he going to be a 25 homer, 250 guy, or could he suddenly be a 50 homer superstar, one of the best uh, power hitters in the game? I think he can do it. I think this year will be a key year to see if he can do it. So um, he's my player to keep an eye on. But yeah, Baltimore. It's not going to be an amazing year. I'm not quite drinking the Kool-Aid yet, but they're getting there, and it'll be fun to see how this uh, core continues to develop and show itself and which uh, young guys you know, establish themselves as truly the, the cornerstones of the future.